Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. Today's podcast is brought to you by Vlog Easy. That is V as in victory. Vlog Easy is an app in the iTunes store for iPhones that help you make content videos as well as vlogging on the go to share with your audience. It has absolutely transformed Formed the way that I do video and communicate with my audience. If you are looking for an app that allows you to edit on the go, or if you simply don't know how to edit videos, this app allows you to do just that. You can record yourself in a quiet room. You don't have to remember what to say. You can simply look at your notes, and each time you're quiet and you pause, the Vlog Easy app takes all of those quiet moments out and edits everything together. It's like magic, and it saves so much time. Vlog Easy allows you to record in vertical or horizontal formatting. You can import existing videos that live on your phone into the app and so much more. Vlog Easy Pro gives you the unlimited cloud backup as well as removing the watermark. Give it a try for free today. The link is bit.ly bit.ly slash vlog easy all in lowercase, V as in Victor, L-O-G-E-A-S-Y. Give it a try. Hi, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled. I'm super excited to talk with two amazing women today, Channing Moreland and Mackenzie Stokel. They are co-founders of a company called Eva Moore, and I recently got to meet them and hear about their journey and how they started this amazing company together, and I just had to share it with all of you. So ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yay. So Channing, let's start off because I want each of you to share a little bit about your background before you all started this amazing company together. And I'm sure people are wondering like, what the heck is Eva Moore? It does have to do with music peeps. So, um, but before we jump into that, if each of you can share a little bit about your background and how you've gotten to where you've gotten today. Yeah, of course. So this is Channing here, and I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, and was always 
really focused on performing music, grew up playing classical violin and a couple other instruments. And that was really what I was focused on and thought I was going to school for. And I actually ended up coming to Belmont University uh, to be a part of the songwriting major. And Mackenzie and I actually met our freshman year and we just loved going to see live shows, anything to do with live music. So naturally always knew um, that I wanted to be a part of the live music scene. Um, but then it was really cool, you know, with Mackenzie to start building a business that didn't even know it was possible to, you know, create your own business in the music industry. And I am from Northern Indiana, moved to Nashville in, let's see, 2012 to go to Belmont. And that's where Channing and I met. And we kind of started working together right away to, you know, whether it, it wasn't, I wouldn't even really call our first project a business necessarily, but it was always involving music and live entertainment. I feel like both of you have a super big passion for music. Um, and I know that when I recently met both of you, you had a very unique take on how to get artists out there. So I'm excited for y'all to share that. Um, I mean, how exactly did Eva Moore start? Where did, where did, I know where it started, like in a coffee shop, right? <laughs> Yeah, man. So let's see, we were sophomores in college, actually. And we, um, you know, Channing was kind of saying we would go to live events all the time. We, we liked going to see concerts, Music City, there's plenty of options. And we were almost so overwhelmed coming from small towns at how much music there was to see here. So we um, wanted a place, you know, like a calendar or a place to have everything all in one, you know, all of the events in town, one place so you don't have to go to the venue's website or, um, you know, just Facebook events, just have kind of everything all in one place. That was kind of our first um, project that we really worked on together was building um, a website that, that had every type of event in Nashville on one platform. How do you even go about doing that? Like, did you guys um, join some type of group to help you build all of this? And did you all have to raise money for that? Oh my gosh. So yes, uh, we did have to hire a group to develop this platform with us. We, it was funny how, you know, there was, it was a pro uh, for us that we never questioned if we could do something. We were just like, yeah, we, we can do this and we can hire some developers to work with us. But wow, Angela, it was a learning curve for us um, to start working, you know, with developers to build this platform. We did, um, you know, we had an angel investor invest a little money to enable us to um, have this platform um, go live. And it definitely was not a, uh, it was, it was not a beautiful product at the beginning. And that thankfully looking back on it taught us a lot about how to really vet your customers, how to understand what people want. You can't make assumptions, really making sure you get the, the final product that you think you are agreeing to um, with developers for sure. And just even those different um, feature sets and, you know, with us starting there, we're so thankful that we did because 
we evolved quickly, um, you know, not only producing and um, executing our own live events and, you know, mini festivals around town, but then when it was time for us to build Eva Moore's platform, we had a lot more knowledge in how to do that. And so, which I know a lot of these answers myself, um, but what was the biggest just like aha moment? Like you had no idea that it took all of this work? Like, was there one big thing where you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. And how did you get over that hump? Yeah, it was really stressful. I mean, obviously starting a business is really hard and um, you don't always have a lot of support. Thankfully, we had each other as co-founders to, um, you know, we weren't in it alone. That was, I think, a big that's, I think, why we're still around even, the fact that we, we weren't starting alone and having no clue what's going on because we, we didn't. We had no clue kind of what the next steps were, what were the right decisions, but at least we had, um, you know, two of us in this together to just relate, honestly, to this challenge. Um, and so the, I guess the one big moment of, it was more, I think, the aha moment that was that we could do it and that was probably um, when we got into Project Music, which was a accelerator out of the Entrepreneurs Center here in Nashville. And that was in 2015. Yeah, so I would say being a part of the Entrepreneurs Center and just being surrounded by the right people and people that are like-minded and also resources, right? So you guys can like pick their brain and figure out like, should we do this or should we do that? Um, did a lot of research have to go into this, this company? Like how did you know that there was a need that needed to be filled out there? Yes. So through, you know, just like you were saying, like being surrounded by the right people is really what got us started and then allowed us to get the correct research from the industry and, and make sure it's vetted research uh, for us to really see what the potential for our company even more was. And I guess I should even say, you know, what <laughs> we do now, but even yeah. more is an online platform that automates booking live entertainment for private and corporate events. And we do that by connecting vetted artists to those event planners or event buyers. And it was truly our network of mentorship. Angela, look, you're saying at the Entrepreneur Center that really got us started. And it was amazing that ripple effect of people going, oh, you need to go talk to this booking agency or this management company or this event event planner or this event corporation. And that's really where the, the research started for us and where our resources and then soon to be clients came from. So we were getting to hear directly from the source of who would be potentially using this and making sure we were a benefit and not a distraction or a nuisance, or we could actually fit into their workflow, which was a big learning lesson in our first kind of mini venture together, because we kind of just created something that we wanted to. And it was a great way to initially jump off with that first platform. But this was really us listening and going, does this actually make sense? And is this vetted by the buyer? And I think the other part of that question is that, you know, there's never too much research you could do uh, to know if you have uh, the right market for your business. We took our whole, we took basically a year to validate our business at all and determine who is our customer, 
how much do they need us? How much are they willing to spend for our service? And what are the, you know, what are their biggest pain points and how can we fix those rather than making assumptions? So you did, you know, my whole thing here is like, do the research, (laughs) ask your audience, like, just because you think you have a good idea and then you, you do a little bit of research and being in Nashville, you know, there's some agencies around and I know that there are many differences that even more offers, um, not just like you were saying for event planners and wedding planners and in events, but just the technology and the platform that you all have built is so much more up to date than um, some of the old school stuff. And, you know, Nashville's a good old boy, old school town. Um, but how does your platform differ from some of the more established agencies that have been around for a long time and how do you compete with them? Great question. So we have, we kind of have um, direct competitors and indirect competitors just that all do something within our realm of booking. So we are a platform that connects artists and event planners. So you could do everything online as far as contracts, payment, artist discovery, finding availability, um, where with just a regular agency, you can't. But we, are, we honestly work a lot with agencies to um, book their acts, and they would just be listed on our platform. So we're not really um, competing with an agency because we're a non-exclusive um, service that they can also utilize to get their artists booked at private events. Um, companies that are more of competitors to us are digital companies that you know book entertainment for parties or you know maybe whether it's music or different types of entertainment um there are some companies out there that you can do that online um like you can with us so what is the vetting process like if i'm an artist or you know i sing how do you all go about choosing the vetted artist because i feel like that's one of the more time consuming it's like you've gotten through the hard part of like building the platform and building the experience for mobile and for you know if people are looking at it, at your website and and all the different artists that you have on line now what is the vetting process from the artist's point of view absolutely so there's a few things we do a little bit differently than most first off we require because we're an online platform um, people can access us obviously um, you know through that and we have an online application that we make every artist go through uh, to ensure that we at least have a process and a system for them to um, you know come into our platform and for us to review them and then that's really just to look at you know their socials how often are they touring how many events have they played what is their live event you know video production look like how professional is that how well can we pitch them to an event but then there's a next layer that you know we believe is the most important and it's the true difference between you know an artist's public show that's ticketed to their fans and then this is a private event that is really you are presenting yourself for this client and this is a lot different than what that public facing event would look like and the artist has to understand the difference of that and we also have to gauge what's their charisma versatility what's the responsibility of them you know how what's what's the willingness to go above and beyond and it's it's hard 
to you know vet that but that's what we pride ourselves on and take the most effort in doing and so just to be clear to our listeners you're not a startup helping people who are not established so it sounds like they need to have a little bit of experience in performing they need to have already had some social media and they need to have some videos that you all can plug into your system so I just want to make it clear because sometimes I feel like people they just show up at agencies and they're like hey I I, want to perform I want to get started and it's like oh no 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 like we don't help you jumpstart your career (laughs) like right I mean we have have people approach you oh yeah absolutely um, and you're, you're totally right. We, we do work with, um, talent who just has some experience touring and, um, especially with corporate, we really have to vet it a little bit higher because these are bigger events. Um, but we really try to provide our artists with resources to help them become, you know, with, with whatever they need, whether they're developed or just getting started. Um, we try to provide them with tools to, you know, get to be on our site if maybe they're not quite there yet as far as getting content out there and, um, you know, recording music. So how did you guys decide to hone in on wedding and event industry and really serving it? I feel like it's more um, serving planners and people in the professional, like B2B, you know, business to business rather than a bride reaching out to you? Or do you have brides and couples reaching out to you directly? You know, what's really interesting is, you know, weddings has been a a very exciting piece of our customer segment because that was truly brides. And, um, you know, brides and wedding planners were really coming to us in the most natural form. We get a lot of weddings um, on the platform that we we have no connection to. And, you know, of course, when you're really getting started out and growing your brand, a lot of it is word of mouth and referrals, but it's fun to see, you know, these brides naturally coming to us, which was validating. But for even just us learning that event planners could benefit from our platform, (laughs) it was quite a loop around. We even initially, because we started this in college, what we knew was the college market. And so we were providing entertainment for Greek life and campus organizations. And Angela, I'm sure you can imagine that a 19 year old customer is not the most ideal all the time as as they are. We just wanted something more consistent and a bigger opportunity at the end of the day. So it was a great place to start, but also a great place to grow from. And so then we just really started looking at the market and we're like live events and especially corporate and private and weddings, those, those industries are really growing year after year. And I think there's a lot of reason behind that in our, in current day, but it was just, then we really started to talking to people, listening to potential customers, and then just seeing how, how often and recurring those customers were coming back to us. And it just really went from there and became the go-to. So do you find in terms of people finding out about Eva more, once they use you all, do you have people that come back for reoccurring events? Obviously, hopefully not weddings, but hopefully you'd have some of the same planners or meeting planners that, that continuously hire you guys because once they understand your process and you understand their needs, they keep coming back, I'm assuming. Yeah. And honestly, every time they come back, the process just gets easier and easier. It's, 
it's, um, you know, they're putting a lot of trust in us to book entertainment for their special day or their, you know, big event. So, um, you know, getting them to kind of work with us the first time is always the hardest, but then once we can prove ourselves, we do get a lot of business come back. Would you say word of mouth or do you all do traditional marketing in terms of like Facebook ads and Google ads or what's been the best ROI for you all? I would say word of mouth has been the most successful form of marketing that we've done so far, but I think this year we're really going to start looking more at digital marketing and different forms of marketing um, because we're finally at a point where I think we're ready to scale and we're really ready to get ourselves out there and um, have lots more customers. Yay. And it's not just the two of you. I know that you guys have added team members even since I um, met with you guys not too long ago, um, which I feel like makes you all very unique as well because you're adding to your team. And so what roles have you added so that it frees your time up a little bit more to grow the company? Yeah, so we hired um, a business development manager in, in town. Her name is Debbie Garcia, and we've just been- Love her. Yes, it's awesome. It's been, we've been so thrilled because just like you said, I mean, of course, Mackenzie and I was starting this business. You just wear so many hats, and I know you uh, resonate with that, and you have to do what you need to do to get it done, but it's amazing what we've even been able to see you know, in the past two months, how much time has been lifted for us to then go focus on those other um in those other facets like you're saying so that's been awesome and then we've uh brought on a new development team and um have brought on our cto our chief technical officer and he is just incredible and is really helping us think about the bigger picture and how to actually scale correctly for even more that's awesome how many bands or artists do you all currently have and do you do different types of genres country rock rap or do you specifically really focus on one type we have about almost 200 acts um and that's the majority of those are in nashville but plenty um in the southeast and then we have a couple other pockets where we have artists as well um and that represents all genres, all price points, um, all size bands, you know, from an acoustic singer-songwriter to like a 10-piece funk band. We try to have a huge variety um, and have a little bit of everything represented. That's awesome. So do your bands, like, will they go outside of Tennessee or are, are you finding that people are asking for your services only in Tennessee or only in the South, or is it just kind of all over the place or it varies by band maybe? Um, so I would say the, you know, the majority of our business is done in middle Tennessee, just because that's where we are and the most, you know, the most of our bands are, but we are also active in Austin, Texas and Atlanta, oh, cool. Georgia. Those are our two other markets that we're just really getting started in. Um, so I think we're going to grow by market and then hopefully, you know, ideally we have about 200 acts in e every region or major city to be able to get events filled everywhere. 
And then as you guys grow, do you foresee yourself hiring remote team members like in each city to help manage the, the sales process, the networking process, things like that? Yeah, funny you ask. That's what we're just <laughs> testing right now, actually, in Austin. Um, we have an incredible uh, girl there, uh, Rachel, that we're really, you know, testing the Austin market, seeing how, um, you know, how, how does it differ? What do we need to expect with, you know, a remote team? So we will have to, uh, you know, check back in on that in a, in a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I just I feel like in talking with people, it's so funny. There's like definitely a common theme where relationships really matter. And so if you can onboard the right salesperson who has relationships already in the music industry or embedded in, in an industry with meetings and events and weddings, it just helps the process so much more. I mean, I'm all about remote people and people traveling, but when you really have that person who knows the market, it is key to expanding your business in, in other areas. Absolutely. And a hard lesson we had to learn was, you know, I, it's funny to look back on it now, but we here we were a very personalized yet you know, business matching with technology and making processes uh, more easier with our tech. But there was still that human behind it that people could really trust and go to with questions. And with us trying to scale, we were like, oh, we can be like all remote and just, you know, launch these new markets. But we really had to learn, we're like, no, you need that person there to at least onboard and get things going and get the trust there. And then once it gets started, like Mackenzie was saying, it's easier each time that client comes back to us and books on the platform. So what would you say, like, just from starting the company, uh, I don't think people realize the amount of work and attention to detail it takes to keep a software and a website, like, constantly up to date and working quickly. Um, and your platform works awesome. So what would you say, is that something that clients love the most? Or what is the feedback that you're getting from clients? Yeah, I mean, we try, we would love it if clients like our platform the most about us. I mean, that's our product and um, we hope it works well and, you know, is makes life easier for them. Um, and I think we provide a, a, a totally different way to book entertainment than, you know, you could before. Before you either had to know somebody or know an artist or kind of call up an agency or call, um, you know, do some Google searches and hope that you could find someone. So we're kind of giving them direct access to entertainment um, that they didn't have before. So hopefully that does make their life a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. And then after someone hires an artist or a band from you all, what is your follow-up process afterwards? Do you survey the clients or ask for feedback to know how the, the bands or the artists did? Yeah, we always want to find, you know, we try and collect as much data as we can. Um, reviews is a huge part of that. So after an event, we ask them a couple standard things. How was your experience on the site? How was your overall experience with the artist and your event? And then, um, you know, tell us some specifics about that artist and why they, why you chose them and why you chose them for this type of event. So instead of totally rating artists, like on a 
five-star scale, because um, we hope we all have, you know, all five-star artists, um, we can really better identify what types of events they're good for. Um, so, you know, this, this act is perfect for this type of wedding or a private party. Um, so really kind of setting the tone for what types of events certain artists um, can play. Have you had any crazy stories where you've had to let any bands or artists go yet? I find it that bands are hard to manage sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, do you have a manager? Like, who's your mom? Like, who takes care of you all? Because I love the creatives and they can really carry a party. But my God, sometimes like getting them to get their crap together is hard. Like, have you all experienced that or have you had to let anybody go yet? I mean, I know it's a little bit early on, but just wondering. No, I, you know, when I think about the events we've done, luckily, I think because we put so much betting beforehand, we really know like what that person, you know, what we need to know to ensure, but what is that person really like on a personal level? How, what can we expect from, from them? So event wise, we've never had um, a time where after an event we've had to let someone go, but there's been, you know, of course, like there's a couple with onboarding, you kind of question, you're like, oh, I don't know if this is the right actual fit for them. We'll have to kind of feel it out. And then it just naturally lets it takes it, 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 it takes its course and maybe it's just not a platform, you know, right for them. But, you know, I think we have to kind of, we have to just be okay with that, that it's going to have its churn and cyclical effect, of course, with a few on the roster. So in terms of just entrepreneurship in your journey overall, I know you all met at Belmont, you were friends, you had a relationship before going into business together, but do you all, are you very much alike or do you complement each other like in your personalities? Great question. Uh, I would say we complement each other for sure. We have very opposing strengths and weaknesses, which we didn't realize until really being in a professional setting because we obviously were friends. We got along. We had a lot in common. But once we started really working together, we're like, this is a great partnership because you love to do the things that I don't <laughs> love to do. And I'm good at things you're not good at. And so it really has worked out well. Did y'all know going into the business together, like this will be a perfect partnership because of that? Today's podcast is brought to you by Zola. The wedding company that will do anything for love is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience. Zola combines compassionate customer service with modern tools and technology. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations, and easy-to-use planning tools. Zola is the easiest way to conveniently manage everything online in one place. It saves so much time. You can get started just by simply setting up a free website. There's over 100 beautiful designs to choose from, and we actually use Zola for our own clients' weddings that we plan. It is so easy to use and personalize. My favorite thing about the website is putting the Zola registry on the actual website. It makes it so easy for your guests. The Zola 
Lola store has the widest selection of gifts at all different price points. There's free shipping and returns, price matching, and so much more. You can choose from over 500 top brands, from Sonos to Airbnb. You can create a fund for your honeymoon, your future home, plus register for gift cards like for Delta, Southwest, Hulu, Home Depot, just to name a few. To start your free wedding website today and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to zola.com slash Angela Profit. So that is Z-O-L-A dot com slash Angela Profit, P-R-O-F-F-I-T-T. It's so crazy to me that how really I think serendipitous it was, but we must have subconsciously known that it was going to work or, you know, it may have never gotten to the, to the level of, um, you know, business and partnership that we were in if we weren't, I'm guessing. But I remember when we were so young, we were in our sophomore year signing an operating agreement together and we just had to kind of write down our roles and they were like, it doesn't really matter. Just write them down right now. And then you guys can kind of understand and learn and feel <laughs> fill into it later on and we're like great cool sign and then we look back at that and we're like we uh, unknowingly maybe put you know the right things for ourselves and I just even feel like just in the past six to eight months I feel like I'm really filling into my role and Mackenzie is amazed it's blowing my mind the role that she is fulfilling now and it's just it's really awesome and it brings huge momentum to this which I'm very excited about that's awesome. So separately for each of you, like what's been the biggest personal and professional challenge since like starting a new company? Great question. I know, big heavy question, right? <laughs> yeah, let's see. The I would say the biggest challenge has been that we have, I mean, for me, it's just that this is our first job. And so not only is it our first time starting a company, but we've also never really even been employed. So, you know, there's so many things that we are just totally guessing on or making our, you know, making our best decision, but we have no experience. So um, it's like, we're kind of shooting in the dark sometimes because we are, you know, we haven't, we haven't worked for people that do things like this before, let alone um, making decisions to run a company. And I would say for biggest business challenge for me is I think because we, we were really thrown into it in a great way, but then we almost had to kind of put on this shield, you know, because we, we felt very exposed. We were these two, you know, young women trying to do this in the music industry, still in college, and we were just kind of thrown into it. And we, we had to, you know, put these shields on and protect ourselves and make sure that, you know, we put up a good, you know, a good strong front. And I think for me, really learning to almost break that wall down now for myself and it's okay to not, you know, know the answer and it's okay to, you know, go to our mentors and really talk through some things we're struggling with because you're only going to be so much better off as a business. So me just being, you know, good with that mentally, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you said a key word like mentors, <laughs> you know, having people that can mentor you and help you through 
those types of things where or situations where and sometimes it's like they may not have the answer but they have some experience to share um so i really i really think that valuing mentors and getting people to help you know build the business it, i don't know how people would build businesses without help <laughs> I noticed on, so on your website, because it really is easy to search out artists. So you guys have, um, I'm assuming it's just, it's so easy because like if I want country music and then you ask, you say fee and then do people type in like what they want to spend or what they think they want to spend? How do you all, and then, you know, selecting the location so what type of fees do people type in there? Because I really don't feel like people understand the cost and the investment that goes into behind the scenes of like, you know, it's one or two artists, you know, like you said earlier, it could be a 10 person band. And I don't think people really understand the work that goes on behind the scenes. So how do you guys tackle educating people and do you get realistic fees on, on the website? That's, uh, that's a great point of kind of educating the customer in a way. Um, so how it works is you can either do, you can either kind of browse artists and select some filters as far as genre, um, location, and then just poke around, or you can create an event that if you already know all of the details about your event, um, and just want to see who's available, you can create an event and say, this is the date, time, location, set length, and this is the, this is my budget range, and then um, this is the type of music I'm looking for. And then artists who meet those criteria are notified and can then provide a quote based on all of the information. Um, but I mean, yeah, we've certainly had times where somebody wanted a, a headlining act and only had $500. Um, so, you know, there's certainly times when there is a process of educating the customer and, you know, being realistic and saying, well, you can't afford that, but this is what we can do for your budget. And I think that's why, um, we started, um, starting with the budget and that was really helpful for us to then kind of help them find exactly what they could afford. Right. I love that because people, they have no clue what things cost sometimes. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know wh why you Googled that and why Google said that, but that's not right. <laughs> um, not in this area. So, and I'm also noticing, so for each of your artists, I love how you guys put on there like immediately, like you've got a picture, you've got the name, you've got what they do. The uh, mocha looks really fun. Funk, hip hop, pop, and R&B. It looks like it's two girls. They look really fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. They are two, two girls local here in Nashville, and they have some killer R&B covers as well as um, just kind of some soul and funky originals. And you also, it looks like, represent some DJs as well. Yep, we have DJs, um, and then we are thinking, we've always thought about adding certain other types of entertainment, but really focusing on the music right now, and then um, potentially even the production side of things um, for bigger events. 
That's awesome. I'm just, I'm like looking at all these artists. I'm like, so do they supply you all with their own pictures? And then is it a prerequisite that they have a YouTube channel with some videos on it? Yes. So they have to kind of create their application. Um, and so they're pretty much creating their profile and that's how we review them. And then if we approve them, we just send it live and everything's already there. So they have to have, you know, they have to have a YouTube. That's a pretty big one. Um, ideally with content of them playing live, that's, that's usually the most important thing that we can use to pitch them to our, our, um, clients. I would say that's probably one of the biggest, I guess, just like annoying challenges, uh, feedback that I get from clients who, and this is probably before they even get to us as a planner, but they'll Google something for entertainment, they'll land on an agency website, and then they don't, they're like, it's so annoying because over half of their bands we click on, they don't have a video. Or they have some fun pictures, but again, like they really want to see video. Um, and so I feel like that's brilliant that you put it back on them to submit everything to you all. And then if you accept them, then it's there. Like that probably saves you all a full-time employee of having to sit there and upload all that stuff. So that's awesome. Was there any research that you all did to determine how you were going to do that? Yeah, we really listening to the customer. And just like you said, we heard countless of times, you know, how frustrating this process is to really make sure I can trust this artist. How are they going to sound in a live setting, not just in a prof like a professional studio? I need to know what it's going to be like. And so really live video became a major um, you know, component of how we would want to pitch our artists. And we also found, you know, just it, like you're saying, some of the most difficult things is not having the right content or having to, you know, put a body behind uploading all of that content. And so just like you're saying, we, we listen to that and then develop the application model around it. So how does it work? I see that people like on your website, they can sign up and then log in. So share with us the difference between just looking at the website, what access do I get, what am I signing up for, and then once I, I have a login, does that get me access to more artists to look at? So when you log in, you um, then have the ability to create an event. So you can browse artists and look at who we have to offer, but if you actually want to request somebody or find out which artists are available, you have to have an account. Gotcha. That's awesome. And then will it save like in my account if I put in like three or four different acts and so I can if when I log in, it like creates a list of history that I like, like people that I like for a client. So what you can do is you can create that event um, on the platform and then you can even request different artists to that event and so it will save and then artists will be notified of that and then they can um, go and look at your event and request to play um, and then we we used to have a save feature for artists but really just with with our search uh, functionality on the uh, um, on the dashboard now that keeps things easier 
Yeah. Well, and I'm sure you're updating it. And I mean, how frequently are you all adding new acts and new artists to the database? All the time. Uh, I would say we probably add, I mean, we get a lot of applications, but maybe as far as ones that um, actually get added, maybe hmm, it totally varies, but I would say maybe two or three a week. And then uh, we're that's always, awesome. Yeah. And we're always kind of um, updating our roster and making sure, you know, people who aren't as active are um, removed so that when an event planner creates an event, you know, they can have responses back within 30 minutes. Yeah. To know if people are available. Right. So would you recommend if someone is a meeting planner, event planner, wedding planner, what is the best way? Like, should they go on and create an account? Like, is this, do you all people that go on creating account, they book straight from the website from their phone and then, or do you feel that people are reaching out to you all to build a relationship and then get your feedback on who you think would be best suited for their event? Yeah, so we have, you know, a lot of people creating accounts. It's super easy. Um, login information and is free. And so people log in and then they'll see on their dashboard, they can immediately create that event. And we find that super easy for them since, like Mackenzie said, they're getting those verified um, responses from artists saying, I'm ready to play this event um, within 30 minutes. And so if you're a planner, it looks so good to your client. We've heard from them. They're like, I get to, you know, upload my client's event with budget, date, time, location, every Thing. And then I have five artists that all sound great that I can take back to my clients, say these are ready to play. That's awesome. So, so, so impressive. It just because it's like we live in the world of like, we want it now. We want it now. <laughs> like everything has to be done right now. And it's like, actually, sometimes these things take a little bit of time to get together. So chill out. <laughs> Um, what is next for Eva Moore? Like, do you all have any new features or big things happening, things that you're planning for in 2020, which is a big year? <laughs> I'll speak to the technology side and then maybe Channing can talk more big picture of us as a company. Um, we're always adding new features. The, you know, the review side of things um, is what I'm really excited about to really, we're kind of just collecting all of that data before publicizing it just so we can get something for all of the artists and not just, so it's not too lopsided. Um, so that's something I'm really excited about is to share reviews of artists performing on their platform. And um, we're also just always kind of perfecting that process of what are those questions we ask when an event planner is creating event like what do we need to know from them and what does the artist need to know before they can provide a solid informed quote and then from you know bigger picture and where even more is headed as a company you know the the reason we've been able to survive and thrive i'll say yeah. is really listen to the industry and we're constantly evolving thankfully because we're forced to and we're i really think coming into the right timing that the industry is ready for even more now too i can't tell you we have more and more companies um coming to us on a large scale saying 
are artists, you know, they're focused on getting more corporate and privates and what can they do to ensure that happens. And on the flip side, more and more brands and corporations are wanting to increase their entertainment budgets and have that be a bigger component of their events. And so we see we're in a great time where both facets of our marketplace are you know, uh, they're upping their game, which I love to see. And so what we're doing is we're just making sure we can be the best for both parties. And we're starting to talk to a couple of companies about what a bigger partnership looks like for larger scale for Evamore and how we can implement ourselves to really become the answer and not just an option. Oh, I love that. Is that y'all's tagline? <laughs> no, but I, I mean, thanks to your podcast, it just came out. So maybe we'll start using it. <laughs> that sounded so good. <laughs> do you all, um, do you all help like colleges, um, for lack of a better term, like frat parties and sorority parties? Like, do you find that there's a huge market there or are you all finding that you're serving that more out after people are out of college, you're serving that crowd a little bit more? Yeah, it's funny because it was the main source of revenue for us for a while there at the beginning. But really, we just because we saw such a surge of usage from the you know, from corporate planners in the private event space, we just, you know, dove into that. And so definitely we, we don't serve as many colleges as we used to. Some will still come in and we'll absolutely help them, especially local universities to us. Um, but we are also seeing that we're more helping the event planners on the campuses, which is interesting. And that's what we were really always interested in is how can we help the university on a larger scale? Uh, so we're starting to see that we're, we're still able to help them, but just in a different way we thought. That's awesome. Do y'all go to any conferences? Like, um, I mean, I'm assuming you wouldn't go to like college campus day or anything like that, but are there any helpful conferences that you all have attended to help expand the business? Yeah, now that we're focused in the corporate event space, we have a couple um, that we have our eyes on for the next go around. We're really interested, you know, in PCMA um, and, you know, MPI's event functions. We've been to ILEA before, uh, the special event conference we're interested in. We just really want to learn more about the space, but definitely interested in attending a few of those next year. That's awesome. Well, and I think like for me, I love the networking aspect of it. So you can, you know, meet actually a lot of new potential clients that need help and need your service. They just don't know about you yet. <laughs> um, but this has been so enlightening and so awesome. Like, is there, if you could give somebody like one piece of advice, each of you as a startup, as a tech startup, what would you tell them? You know, I think validating your idea and, find, you know, collecting data and doing research like we talked about is so important and crucial to, to know that you have a valid business. So do as much as you can, um, you know, look at your competitors, look at existing companies out there that are doing something similar um, and just know how big your market is and know what audience you're serving and be loyal to them. You know, don't um, make sure you're solving one problem, you know, at the very minimum, you're, you're doing one thing really well before um, spreading yourself too thin by um, kind of trying to solve too many things at once. Mine actually really piggybacks off that. And something I was thinking about was 
when you just to not take your eye off the ball and when you are forced to have a very defined clear goal even even for yourself and what the deliverable is i know that when you know we didn't want to take investment and we actually took out a loan ourselves to um, continue the business the goal yes was to be the best and connect vetted entertainment to amazing events and you know any kind of live event but really what the goal was is make x money make it happen get it done keep going and it just really i think shows you what's important in the day and it prioritizes for you because it forces you to um and and doesn't allow you to spread yourself too thin because you can't to survive i just think that for a startup it's so important to have that clear defined goal for yourself to allow it to keep going so one more question how did you all arrive at making the decision of okay, instead of getting investors or raising money, we're going to take out a loan. What was that deciding factor of knowing that that was a good investment to start a business? Definitely. We actually did it, you know, a little, a little differently maybe than most, but I feel like everyone's, you know, investor and startup journey is quite unique, but we actually started by um, taking a, an angel fund seed investment into Eva Moore. But then, you know, what, what, companies are really taught to do is it's like, okay, it's for the next, now it's for the next round. It's for the growth round. It's for series A, series B, keep raising. And we were at a point where it just, it, for us in that moment, we were like, we can do so much and not have to give away equity if we just take X ourselves and we make it work for us. And then we can continue down the line. But right now in this, in this bridge phase, let's do this. And we were so glad we did because we were able to grow so much more in that moment rather than going and spending the time to take that investment. But there's definitely a time and place for both options. It's just what, what do you want, you know, your path and journey with your startup to look like? And also how fast are you trying to grow and who do you want to be sitting at the table? Because, you know, with an investor comes, you know, their expectations for the business. So there is so much to talk about with that, man. That could be a whole other <laughs> conversation, but um, I hope that helps answers a little bit. Yeah, I just, I don't think, um, I feel like there's so many great ideas out there and then people just don't know where to research and where to get the funds or how to get the funds or they just don't know how to ask for help or ask for money. And I see a lot of people that do get investors and they have a great experience. And then I see other people that have a horrible experience um, with investors. And then ha ha do people ask you, um, did you want to go on Shark Tank with this idea? We've been asked that a lot. Um, What's your thoughts? <laughs> of course. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, awesome promotion for your company. I mean, you always hear those even great stories that someone goes on there, doesn't receive funding, but they're, you know, making millions in revenue now just because of the viewership, which is great. I think for us, the reason we always maybe hesitated a bit with it was just, we think, you know, products do really well there. And when, you know, the consumer, um, there's a large variety of who that consumer can be with ours, you know, while it's awesome, it's a specific to a, a, to a buyer. And so we wanted to really focus on, you know, getting in front of that buyer rather than the masses at this point in time. That's, that's great. Again, it's like you say, keep your eye and keep your head focused in 
what you want to do and where you want to go. And sometimes not allowing yourself to get fancy TV and lights and all that. It's like, oh, maybe, you know, I've heard some people, maybe they've done really well just because of viewership, but they didn't get a deal. And then I've also heard where people like, they're just not ready for all of that intake. And then they end up providing bad customer service and then they end up going under because they're just not ready for the exposure. So I feel like you all have been able to grow at your own pace and I can tell you're both go-getters. So you're going to continue to grow and keep up. And like you said, technology is forcing you to kind of do that. Um, where can our listeners find out more about Eva Moore? Check out our website, evamore.co. And you can follow us on Instagram at evamoreco. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for sharing your journey and your experience today with your company. And thank you so much for everyone who is listening to Business Unveiled. Be sure to tune in next week so you don't miss any juicy details that we are sharing with you on how to grow your business on your entrepreneurship journey. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. And I'm so very grateful if you leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not, sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.